Welcome to the new Cyber Frontier, bringing you the latest news and initiatives that focus on the development of cybersecurity economics. You don't have to be a computer or cybersecurity expert to get plugged in. Your host brings it straightforward, asks the tough questions, and brings the cyber world to a level of understanding for everyone. You can find us on the web at www.newcyberfrontier.com. Now join our host as he introduces the topic for today's New Cyber Frontier. Welcome to today's episode of New Cyber Frontier. On today, we have all three of our hosts for New Cyber Frontier, Tim Montgomery, Dr. Sean Murray, and myself. Thanks for joining today, guys. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Good to see so everybody we- at that time of year. That time of year, we're looking at a a new year. You know, we've been running the series um, uh, from myself and and, uh, Tim um, about our direction and new direction. And we're bringing in Dr. Murray today to also kind of get a rundown on what we can expect for 2024 and a little bit of a wrap up from last year. You know, what did we see? So I'll I'll turn it over to to Dr. Murray. You're kind of the new one here in this conversation this year. Let's let you start it up and say give a give us a framework for what you're thinking you saw last year and what we're going to do see moving into this year. Yeah, so you know, and we all talk throughout the year and on different things and we're involved in different areas and and uh, would consider ourselves all three of us movers and shakers influential in our industry. So we get to talk to a lot of interesting people. And over the last year, um, I told my wife, I don't want to work as hard in 2024 as I did in 2023. Um, and a lot of it had to do with volunteerism. Uh, I became the new president for the Information System Security Association, ISSA International Board of Directors. Um, you know, that's that that's a different episode, I think, but uh, provided some opportunities to talk to some individuals globally on what what is going on. I've had some trips to Warsaw, Poland, uh, on some initiatives there and, and seeing what they're doing in Italy, uh, in Germany. I'm headed back to Europe here next month. Um, and then I've solidified uh, relationships um, with legislative directors uh, for congressional leaders and have had several trips to Washington, D.C., collaborated with some folks here in Colorado, um, I've got a couple of, uh, of good friends that work at the attorney general's office. So we've been talking about legislation there. Legislative issues over the last year have been significant. And one of the biggest challenges, you know, we talk about power, influence, and money. And in Washington, D.C., you can't have that conversation without those three things uh, being part of the conversation. And in over the last few years, we're seeing the legislative environment is not changing uh, quickly enough at the federal level and the states are no longer waiting. Um, In the last year, we've seen significant legislation for privacy in lots of different states, mainly because states are being breached or their municipalities in some of their their cities and their townships are being um, breached. And so legislative initiatives all of a sudden don't take very long to you know draft and, and, and be voted on and implemented. So um, one of the unique ones we saw uh, at the end of last year was the state of Illinois um, to protect privacy information associated with your biometric data passed the Biometric um, Data Privacy Act. 
And so if you are a citizen of that state, um, you own the privacy information associated with your biometric data. And that could be your voice, uh, your gait analysis on how you walk through an airport or, or, you know, through a store. You own that information. You have to have consent and you have to provide disclosure if you're going to use any biometric data on a, on a citizen. That's pretty unique. Um, the state of New York uh, enacted some, they're already a, a state that, you know, already has significant privacy and cybersecurity legislation in place, mainly for banking and finance industry. Um, we had a, a client that uh, literally acquired another company. Literally the day after they legally acquired the company, the company had a, a ransomware breach. And so uh, working through that um, by December 1st, now there's a disclosure requirement for uh, if you pay the ransomware and, and they're looking at that as a dis public disclosure under state law um, as a uh, form of, uh, I can't, uh, the word escapes me, but it's a, uh, you've paid an extortion clause and so uh, an extortion payment. So, you know, legislation is a really um, significant part of what we saw over last year. I had an opportunity to testify uh, on a Senate hearing. Um, it was actually a field Senate hearing with uh, Governor or former Governor Hickenlooper, now uh, Colorado State or Colorado Federal Senator for the state of Colorado. Uh, we did a small business. Um, we did a small business Senate hearing on cybersecurity for small business and, and the lack of resources. So it was a, a partnership between uh, Gretchen Bliss, myself, um, a gentleman from NIST, uh, Al Ortiz. Uh, we we talked about legislation uh, associated with uh, small businesses. Yeah. Well, let's take a break here from our sponsors. We'll be right back in a minute to to get more into what we saw in last year and then moving into, you know, what we look and predict maybe even for 2024. Be right back. BlockFrame technology offers next-generation blockchain-managed trust and security. Unique non-fungible tokens are used to secure software bills of materials to provide data quality and security for every transaction in your supply chain. Deploy advanced peer-to-peer -peer product security, scale zero trust capability to millions of IoT devices, allow vendor tracking and accountability, and rapidly reset from compromise. Unchangeable, time-sequenced blockchain data provides next-generation security using machine learning trust algorithms and audit analytics. Start securing your supply chain today by contacting BlockFrame at www.blockframetech.com. Welcome back to New Cyber Frontier. On we have the, the three hosts for New Cyber Frontier, Tim Montgomery, Dr. Sean Murray, and myself, uh, Christopher Gorog, actually Dr. Christopher Gorog now. Um, and um, Congratulations. Yes, thank you. Also something that happened late last year, and uh, we You've heard me talking about a lot in the last, on that one. <laughs> last couple weeks and predictions on that. Um, and Dr. Murray was giving us a rundown of, of, of his involvement last year. Tim, did you have anything you wanted to kind of the, the bump on your thoughts for, you know, our discussion here from last year? Yeah, I, I think piggybacking on Dr. Murray's consensus about the legislation pieces of this, um, we're looking at on the federal level, a couple of regulations that's creating more transparency among corporate um, the the players in corporate are now 
um, getting highly scrutinized by different groups, agencies. The uh, Security and Exchange Commission's got a, a rule out now that they're pending for uh, applying that to um, the idea behind um, reporting mechanisms and things where incident response uh, elements playing in. And um, because that seems to be a bigger player in today's society, they're also getting, uh, you know, uh, I guess, um, penalized for it. So, mm -hmm. um, and then on, on some of the fronts like TSA and the Homeland Security, they've got rulings out now to talk about incident response and the information sharing, which is what Dr. Murray had hinted at at different levels. Um, so the federal government is running into a lot of this stuff. And there was an act that was put out by the president um, that talks about the uh, synergy of an incentive uh, for cybersecurity. So instead of the compliance measures being incentivized, it's now talking about the, the uh, continuous monitoring and the posture of security, the resilience of a, security, of a cybersecurity strategy being incentivized. So we're starting to see the importance play from the rulemakers down a lot of incentive to get companies on board with the importance of why cybersecurity becomes a relevant element in everyday organizational management. So uh, even at that scale. So yeah, quite a bit of things turning here. And I don't can't say that I remember last year, this is something that got put into effect last year, but I think it's now here and we're now starting to see it apply much more heavily across the board with corporations at all sizes. You know, to your point, Tim, some of the things that we also saw last year judiciously um, is the federal government is now holding not just civilly, but criminally accountable uh, mm -hmm. executives for doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, if you recall Uber several years ago, they had a, a cyber breach. It was ransomware. Uh, Joe Sullivan was the, the director of security, um, the CISO. And, um, you know, after everything was done, what he ended up doing, his strategy was to turn it into a bug bounty program. So turn oh, the yeah. adversary into, you know, a, a bug bounty, which is supposed to be white hat. And yeah. the implications after that was he was indicted and he was convicted last year in May. Uh, he got three years suspended sentence and 200 hours of community service. Solar Winds, Tim Brown, he has yeah. been indicted. And he is going to go on trial for his part. And, you know, again, it's not the the the, the board of directors in the C-suite can say, well, we don't have a business case for implementing, you know, the, the recommendations from the CISO. Well, you know, if, if you're not going to push it, you're going to be held accountable, not just the company civilly, but those who are in charge are going to be criminally liable now. Yeah, I think that's one big factor, at least from the CISO standpoint in a c-suite we just don't see that they take what the chief information security officers really they don't take it serious that we don't have to apply the resources yeah 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 yada 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 that seems to be the attitude and i this is really going to put a knee-jerk reaction a big giant tie in the middle of resources if your ceo is getting indicted so things like that so it's awful, to, to go to jail. <laughs> it's awful to say that that has to happen for people to start understanding how serious this should be. But in other words, it's it's time. In other words, it's time. It's been there for more than two decades. That's going up and down like a roller coaster in our uh, communities across the board. But it's time for certain things to happen. And, and it's just awful to see that it has to go this this strong for people to realize it. So.
Yeah. I see that happening this year. More transparency. More transparency. So, something that, you know, and we've been talking about this lately. Last year was, you know, a big push towards a new classification, zero trust. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the buzzword, we'll say, at the beginning of last year. And, you know, now we'll, we'll talk about next year, but we're seeing some some different buzzwords, we'll say. But um, the reclassification as, at, or efforts is what I look at it as. Everybody in cybersecurity said, okay, we have a new way to think about things. How can we position ourselves? And uh, um, the did anything change or did we just make things more complicated, which has kind of been the trend over years and years. I see is about every two to three years, we come up with a new compliance. There's you know 10,000 line items of things people have to worry about. Now we're blaming the CISOs, the CIOs, or somebody in charge. Right. When, is the tasking just too complex? We need to get simpler, a way to simplify things is where I think has yeah. been come, come transparent as needed. Yeah, I think the tool set, it's also a big factor. It seems to play a lot of roles. You know, we, we talked about that in some of the episodes, about the suite of tools that security uses. There's an awful lot of companies out there working rigorously almost against one another at some points. Uh, to, and we could simplify that method, I think, mm -hmm. even if it becomes like a roundtable or a community of effort. Uh, towards simplifying some of these tool sets. I, I know the landscape that we work in is not simple and it's forever yeah. changing. So how that dynamic works out is certainly will be interesting to try to go down that road to discover if we have yeah, an to, to your point on the tools aspect of it as well, um, you know, I did the DC fly-in with our chamber and some of our, our government leaders from El Paso County and, and state legislator, our, may, our new mayor, and, you know, there was a tense conversation on Capitol Hill regarding this, what we're talking about now. And one of the county commissioners uh, was was very adamant on, you know, the ability to do offensive cyber. If somebody's attacking me, I don't just defend myself. I should be able to attack back. And yeah. so, you know, from from my perspective of, of working that at, at a government level, you know, for the military and, and intelligence agencies and stuff that, you know, that dominantly has been up to the, the president. It's been relinquished to some other uh, federal agencies. Because if, Tim, it's your company that you, it has a vulnerability, and I'm a threat actor using your resources uh, to pivot as part of the attack, mm -hmm. and then offensive cyber comes back and attacks your company, at, you know, assuming that you're the one who's actually doing the attack, then what are the implications with that? What did we do to, do to Tim's company? And it's kind of like swatting, right? So it really wasn't Tim. It really wasn't his company, but he had a vulnerability that we use as an exploit to um, do an attack on an organization. So, you know, what do you guys think as far as offensive cyber, being able to attack back? I'd say there's a place for it. It depends on the ethics behind it, but um, I certainly believe that not only that, but disclosure of fighting back, you know, it produces uh, the ramifications for the technique, it produces white papers, it produces a lot for even small businesses because they don't have those types of resources. And small businesses seem to be the biggest ones that hackers can get to and use as a resource like you referred to, to use it to attack others. So I think that there's certainly a place for it. Hmm. You know, I, I guess I, I look at it from a social aspect of, um, you know, at one day, 
back, you know, back in the, the, we'll say the colonial era, everybody was out on the high seas. There was pirates. So they said, how can we fight back? Everybody hired privateers. Um, I think that it doesn't solve the problem. It makes it more convoluted because then we don't know the privateers are the pirates and we can't tell the difference. So, you know, I would say that even though it makes, you know, the, the person who's getting attacked thinks they have no recourse and literally they don't. And that's the problem that the solution isn't to make them become the attacker, because then the next thing is preemptive striking. And next thing is which one's the attacker who struck first. I'm just retaliating. Now prove it that I wasn't just retaliating. And we're in a deeper hole. And the lawyers yeah. get richer. Yeah, yes. that's usually what <laughs> yes. Well, the ethics behind it, you definitely have to figure out. That'd be a big factor. Because yeah. to, be, to tag somebody with, an, with the honest intention of what you're saying, the established rule set, right? Like a rogue nation, what it does, um, the way we censor what we do on our borders. I think that's all got to be factored into a rule set that applies to something like this, if it were to occur. That yeah. Let's take a break here from our sponsor. We'll be right back in a minute. BlockFrame technology offers next-generation blockchain-managed trust and security. Unique non-fungible tokens are used to secure software bills of materials to provide data quality and security for every transaction in your supply chain. Deploy advanced peer-to-peer -peer product security, scale zero trust capability to millions of IoT devices, allow vendor tracking and accountability, and rapidly reset from compromise. Unchangeable, time-sequenced blockchain data provides next-generation security using machine learning trust algorithms and audit analytics. Start securing your supply chain today by contacting BlockFrame at www.blockframetech.com. Welcome back to New Cyber Frontier on this kind of year in review for 2023 and what's looking forward in 2024. Um, before the break, we talked mostly about what we saw in the year before um, and where we were at, some benchmarks, and then started alluding into maybe some possible solutions and even you know fighting back. Well, what's that look like? Let's start looking forward now. What do we see? I'll let you go first, Sean, again um, in 2024. So um, here's what worries me right now. In, in all the other things are important, but... What we're starting to see is uh, artificial intelligence um, and the uh, advancement of AI is becoming so significant in its application and in its uses. While there's lots of advantages, we know that bad people do things with great technology as well. So there, there's implications associated with with that in in. We did uh, the Small Business Administration or uh, Small Business Development Center did their annual conference um, last fall, and um, we do the consulting aspects with small businesses as part of the conference. And a gentleman walks in, and he shows me a video. He goes, "I want to show you a video of my client," and the client is a prominent life coach. And um, a lot of people follow him on social media, Facebook and, and some other platforms. And um, because he's he's so popular and he's such high demand, he's very influential with the messages that he posts uh, on his social media channel. And so he showed me a video of his client promoting an investment 
um, that basically ripped off thousands and thousands of people. These are people that believe in him, believe uh, in in who he is, in in his when he's a life coach. Anything that he says, people take uh, you know for they don't take it for granted. They take it as as truth. Mm-hmm. The video was taken from uh, multiple uh, recordings on YouTube. Uh, the video was a deep fake. Deep fake is where I think we're going to see a lot of scary things happening. Um, we've seen it on, on uh, Simon Cowell on 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 Voice or, or America's Got Talent, I think is the name of that show. A gentleman comes out and he's a previous winner on the show. They bring the technology out and he's singing on stage, but they're displaying a picture of Simon Cowell actually doing the singing. That's a deep fake. We saw Nancy Pelosi, uh, I think last year, or the year before, there was a recording of her what appeared to be her intoxicated, making um, disparaging comments that made her look really bad. It was a deep fake. It really wasn't her. It wasn't. And, and so the technology and the advancements of AI and, and the, the possibility of deep fakes altering opinion for advanced misinformation campaigns, especially in an election year like now, this is scary terrain and we don't have any rules. This is going to be one of those things that I think are, are going to be one of the issues that we really have to uh, address in you know, some of the solutions and when we talk about this, you know, Chris, you're, you guys are prominent in blockchain. How do we attest that a recording, um, a video, a, a picture is actually, you know, steganography, right? So how do we attest that, that there's authenticity associated with that recording so that we're not, you know, looking at things that, that, that look real, but really are not, they're deep fakes. Yeah, I think the, you know, the, the bigger classification for that in general is disinformation. Um, and the more we see the capability of creating information uh, by, you know, artificial intelligence, so generative AI producing information can produce information a lot faster than people can. You know, so if we look at before 2023, when we had the kind of the the launch of the first AI engines, how much data that existed in the in the virtual world was created by humans? You know, it was a lot higher, high percentage of it. You know, a couple of years from now, when AI can produce information at ten times, a hundred times the rate of people, what percentage of the overall data that exists in the world will be human made? Is going to change and all of that becomes that disinformation problem uh, i sit on the, the the future directions for ieee and we look at global global directions in technology and their their technologies the greatest kind of minds i've heard in forecasting technology came in from one meeting to the next from six in a six month span and said our whole game has changed Everything on our radar right now is AI. And last time we came into the meeting, not anything was. And everything categorized under AI had one nemesis, one big dark cloud on the other end of it that no solution existed for. And that was disinformation. How do we handle the negative kind of byproduct of magnification of, of information production? 
Yeah, it's a good point in, in, you know, in, in a lot of its training and awareness, but, you know, most of your population isn't tuned in to what misinformation really is and, and what's credible, what's not credible. If I saw it on Facebook and I saw it on TikTok or Instagram, it must be real. And, you know, then the catalyst associated with what's real and then the exponential sharing of information, if it's really negative, but it's exponential, the power of a network can pass disinformation very quickly. Um, and we've seen what the implications are on that. We we know that intelligence agencies and state actors do this. Um, but, you know, now we have the ability of regular citizens to be able to do it to a point where, um, you know, lives are ruined. Uh, the reputations are diminished in, in, in seconds, uh, in, in days, as opposed to how long does it take you know, look at both of us. How long did it take us to reach the level of prominence personally, you know, what we've achieved uh, based on our efforts? It can be all, um, it, it can all be wiped away overnight. It's it's that scary. Yeah. And you know what, the, 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 uh, the you know, the solution to that or the start of a solution is the the branding of legitimate information. And the ability to to authenticate what is legitimate, to have attestation of the pieces that are reputable, uh, and it's a new thought process that people have to start understanding. You no, know, not only do I check to see if it's reputable, but how do I start to make stuff new moving forward reputable and combat this, knowing that it's out there. Uh, is a new a new kind of we'll say philosophy that people have to start engaging with and being aware of. Yeah, on the topic of AI, um, at least on most fronts, we, I think everyone is really the the as fast as this thing's taken off, no one is in control. There are no real controls to AI. Um, even even with Google, their chief information. You know, their officers, most of their technologists, um, they've even said that we've now got an AI that literally it's doing its own thing and we don't know what it's doing anymore. So they have lost control of their own AI. Um, chat GPT is used heavily today, especially in universities about writing what's authentic, what's not. Um, and even now, chat GPT is supposed to have regulatory measures so you can't use it to do nefarious acts but they still can get around that too with the use of it. The alternate to that is AI being used as a defensive measure. Uh, but here we go with just the AI against AI. I mean, it's really counteracting. And like you said, Chris, what reality does that project future-wise when the human being can no longer understand what the AI is doing to the other AI back and forth? And where where have we gone with this basically? That's <laughs> where... You know, we go into this whole Skynet, uh, you know, epic thing. So that type of thing yeah. is where everybody escalates off to. But that's truly what we're seeing. And it's happening so fast to us. What will happen? I mean, the concept. Yeah. So and you're right. right. And I think misinformation that, is probably the big piece to it. Yeah. Sorry, Tim. I, I, I don't want to go too much on it because we're running out of time. And there's a couple other things we want to talk about. But yes, sure. we're all AI is on everybody's mind. And yeah. as cyber 
people we're definitely looking at not only its usage but the kind of the combating the byproducts around it yeah um, but this year we also we have an election year coming up dr murray you want to elaborate on your thoughts about how you know how that plays out yeah so i mean in, in this is great segue we're you know, talk about misinformation campaigns. We saw it in the last presidential election here in the United States. Um, you know, the primaries are indicating that America wants change again. We're not sure what that looks like. Um, but, um, you know, you're seeing all the mudslinging. Um, what is it for a legislative environment that we're going to see um, depending on who gets back in office? And so we're seeing... You know, we're seeing feedback coming from various countries. There's so much conflict going on in the Middle East and in, in Eastern Europe right now that are, are part of the legislative environment as well. You've got resources uh, going to, to, to conflicts that we're not involved in, um, you know, tactically, but we are involved in strategically because we have allies, we have treaties, we have support agreements. We've got a, a border issue we got the state of Texas right now that's fighting with, with the president on, on, you know, not allowing federal agents, you know, to manage the border in their state now. And so I, I think there's a lot of consternation. There's there's a lot of things that that we're losing some control on. And and it's during an election year. So I think it's a very volatile environment. Um, I was reading a report. Uh, we have cities within the United States that we have lost so much control that the police will not provide any order. And, and I'm not going to name those out in, in, in our, uh, in our production here, but th that's very concerning when you start losing control of towns and cities within your own States because of the lawlessness and the unwillingness of, of government, either at the state or federal level to make change. Unwillingness or, or fear, you know, if it's that lawless, what are they going to do other than make themselves a target? Yeah. And, 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 and where, where does it go? I mean, we're, we're seeing states legalize hard narcotic drugs. Um, you know, it just because we're, well, we need to change the, our approach on this. And so, I, I mean, traditional values, we're seeing hard, right. We haven't seen hard, right. Um, in decades, and in, in hard right uh, advocates are coming back. We're starting to see those uh, as well. And, you know, you're going to do what I say because, you know, this is what we believe in and this is why and this is what you're going to do. And we haven't seen that in in, in many decades, in, in fact, over 100 years. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of strife. And I don't know, you know, when we're talking about everything is AI and misinformation, I think it all feeds into it. And uh, at some point, yeah, I think the, the volcano is going to have to erupt and it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. Tim, thoughts? Yeah, that whole fear concept is what plays into most um, and the loss of control. As we excel and it excels past the, the speed of human thought. Um, which is exactly what seems to be happening almost at the speed of light here. Um, it's I think humans don't see themselves as a part of it. I, I believe that's a cultivating idea with some of the stuff that's trending so fast. So that's that's fear. There's fear to that. 
Um, you're right. And that creates animosity across the board for all types of subjects, subtitled subjects, things of that nature it becomes an individual effect uh, in some rights. Um, I'm sure that, you know, as individuals, as groups, as committees, uh, globally, nationally, we can all support this idea behind AI, but there's got to be some rule sets, I think, in play. And I, I don't know if we're trending past our abilities at that point or not. So it's curious to understand what this year will unfold with that concept of AI, right? Yeah. So it'll, it'll be curious to see where we go with it. Yeah, well, I think that, uh, you know, I heard, you know, a lot of, I heard fear and, 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 you know, uncertainty moving forward. You know, I think, you know, we need to go back and take a step back almost to what the Reagan years look like. There's a positive, how can we move forward by taking control? How can we look at what it is that we can empower? Um, and both political parties are not focusing on that. They're not fighting over what can be done. They're fighting over how we're going to handle and address the disarray, the yeah. the 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 chaos. Um, you know, we need a third a third 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 viewpoint to step forward and say, here's a philosophy of how we can start to empower. We need to put certain pieces into place. We need to empower the individuals. And this is what our philosophy we've kind of been talking about in the digital age by individualizing controls. And when we roll out those type of things, yes, it's not going to change things that are happening now, but it's going to start from the ground up, building a new approach where people and individuals do have control, but it has to be taken from a, you know, a political support that, Hey, there is a new way to look at things. How can we start to build positive? You know, I've heard my whole life and growing up in an area where there's a lot of gloom and doom where the world's falling apart, but then there's times when there's great moving forward. And those people that are that are that are just managing the chaos are still there when the things are moving forward they're just quiet in the background how can we make them quiet again how can we get things together and i think you know that that philosophy of start to bring our resources together we have enough people to listen to this show to start to say hey help and look into let's moving towards empowerment of individuals how does that and how can we participate? And that's what I would put out as a call to action in this moving into 2024. Yeah, yeah. And, and those who want to contribute to that movement, and I'll call it a movement for lack of a better word, it's not about your contribution because you're powerful or influential or want to receive something monetarily. It's because you want to engage and you want to incite change and it's for the betterment of everyone. And currently, it doesn't matter what your government is, you know, if you're communism, if you're if you're democratic, whatever it may be, somebody is always looking to be influential, somebody in power, and of course, money is influence. Yeah. Well, I think that's that breath is a good place to end. Thanks to everybody for joining today's today's episode. And uh we look forward to to help being that anchor. You know, I think there's an empowerment in the future here. Reach out to us. Let's tr all try to get involved with this. Thanks both of you for joining. Thanks everybody. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of New Cyber Frontier. Remember to get involved. Often we think that someone else will handle privacy and security in the virtual world, but you are the only one truly in command of your virtual fate. 
Join our mailing list so we can keep you informed of breaking news and new releases. If you have an idea, if you have a question that you would like to hear answered, or if you want to get involved with our efforts, reach out to us at newcyberfrontier.com. We also encourage you to visit our sponsors' links as they are the ones that really make this show possible. I want to thank each of you for supporting the show, and we look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of New Cyber Frontier.